Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I am glad you're here. Happy Monday, April 12th. We're a little late on uh, when we said our last podcast would be coming out. Ran into some technical difficulties later last week, um, and I'm also kind of interweaving some some time off after the busy, busy um, wrestling schedule that we went through over the last few months. Um, but fear not. Here we are, as promised, um, with another uh, podcast, kind of looking back at the, at the Olympic trials. I know that there was a lot of um, wrestling news over the last week and over the last few days, and, and we'll touch on that, um, you know, kind of in the weeks ahead whenever I, re- whenever I return. I've got this next week to just kind of relax a little bit, and then I'll be back on full-time for some for some freestyle and Greco stuff as we hit into the busy part of the spring and summer seasons. Um, but right now, still uh, looking back at the uh, at the Olympic trials, going to focus on women's freestyle today. The uh, the six wrestlers that made the U.S. women's freestyle Olympic team, all six of them already have spots in Tokyo. Um, the winners, if you don't remember or you don't know already, uh, 50 kilograms, Sarah Hildebrand, 53 kilograms, Jakara Winchester, 57 kilograms, Helen Marula, 62 kilograms, Kayla Mir- 68 kilograms Tamra Mensa stock and 76 kilograms Adeline Gray. So what we're going to do, just kind of like we did on the last podcast, run through each bracket, kind of what stood out, the cool storylines. And there were a lot of really cool things that went down on the women's freestyle side of the Olympic trials. And then we'll also discuss, um, you know, just kind of how the champs looked, other things moving forward, and and things that kind of caught my eye. So I've got my notebook ready. We've got the podcast here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's cue up that intro music, and uh, we'll get started here today. Thanks a bunch for tuning in, and I hope you guys enjoy. Hey guys, Cody here talking women's freestyle today on the podcast. Looking back at the U.S. Olympic trials, I apologize again for the the technical mishap. I wanted these out later last week, but uh, champions always adjust, right? So here we are on Monday talking women's freestyle. And I'll tell you what, guys, the the thing that kind of stands out the most is that there's a lot of medal potential on this women's freestyle team. I mean, just kind of looking up and down the lineup, um, you know, Adeline Gray, five-time world champ. Um, This is her second trip to the Olympics. Uh, The first trip didn't go how she wanted it to go, so naturally she's going to be a little bit more, um, you know, focused and zeroed in, and that'll be a fun story to watch. Tamara Mensah-Stock at 68, you know, she's a past world's bronze medalist, also a past world champ, qualified the weight. All six of these wrestlers who who ultimately made the team did qualify the weight. Um, You know, 57 kilograms, Helen Maroulis, only women's freestyler in in U.S. history to win an Olympic gold medal doing so in 2016. Um, So now she's back in the mix. Jakara Winchester at 53 kilos. She's a past world champ. Sarah Hildebrand at 50 kilos, past world medalist. I believe she, you know, second in 2018. Um, and then Kayla Miracle, always right there on the cusp. Her and Mallory Velti going back and forth. Um, you know, for kind of who, you know, who who is the 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 woman to represent the United States at 62. Um, you know, this time it's Kayla Miracle. She breaks through. Actually, she broke through in 2019, and here she is again on the 2021 U.S. Olympic team. So a lot of medal potential here with these uh, with these women's freestylers. Um, and the other kind of interesting thing to note all six of these women uh, qualified the weight and as it pertains to the Olympic trials, all six of them actually had the automatic buy to the best of three finals on Saturday night. So none of them had to go through the challenge tournament. And clearly that paid dividends um, for all six of these women's. But, um, 
you know, on top of that, just the the the, the amount of firepower that they've got, um, you know, the fact that they were all able to to take care of business, both you know last year qualifying the weight, and then this year, obviously, when it comes to making the team. Um, you know, the other thing that, that really sticks out about this this year's women's team is that they they are they are very open and and embracing kind of the idea that hey. This could be the team that takes down Japan. Now, those who probably aren't in the freestyle and Greco bubble as much as the rest of us, Japan women's freestyle, like they just, they rule the roost. Um, you know, specifically, you know, 50, 53, 57, 62. They, they're not too keen on the heavyweights, but when you have basically four gold medals there, um, not a lot's going to matter, right? Um, so I know that this team, that they have talked about you know, just the continued growth of women's freestyle wrestling, the continued growth of just women's wrestling around the country at all levels. Um, and that includes their success internationally. And I know that these women, they, they, they have their eyes set on Japan. They want to go and they want to beat the Japan women's freestyle team on their own turf at the Olympics this summer. Now, that's a tall ask, right? Um, you know, it was a big, big deal when Helen Maroulis won in 2016, not just because she won, but because she took out Sayori Yoshida in the process, who was virtually unbeatable on the senior level women's freestyle since they instituted women's freestyle back in 2004 in the Olympics. So, you know, really big deal there. Um, you know, maybe that injects a little bit of belief into the rest of the team that, hey, you know, this thing is this thing is possible. Um, you know, Helen's accomplishment kind of being a, a, something of a force multiplier for for this year's team. So, you know, we'll see. Tall ask, tall expectations. But the, these women, they seem to be embracing it um, literally, quite literally at every turn. They talked about it before the Olympic trials. They talked about it during the Olympic trials. And then they again um, brought back, brought it back um, to the to- as a topic of conversation after the Olympic trials. Um, so yeah, that's this year's women's team. Really exciting. Lots of star power. Lots of just fantastic wrestlers. Um, so real excited to see these um, these women compete in Tokyo later this summer. Let's jump into the brackets though. Um, you know, we'll start at the smallest, 50 kilograms. Sarah Hildebrand ended up taking it over Victoria Anthony. So a little bit of star power on both ends there. Victoria Anthony, um, super talented women's freestyler. Um, she's been around for for quite a few years, and she recaptured some of that some of that youthful talent. When you look at the bracket and the way it unfolded, she uh, um, you know she went four and zero on Friday to reach the best of three finals. Um, you know, she, she won her matches 10 10-0, 10-0, uh, 7-6 over Alyssa Lampy in the semifinals and then 10-0 over Amy Fernside in the finals. So, you know, along the way, she beat Emily Shelson, who, um, you know, later in this show, we're going to talk about the, the youth movement that took place at a couple of weights here, um, more, more than a couple, probably, you know, a few weights here on this women's freestyle side. Emily Shelson, absolutely part of that. Um, you know, just her her age level credentials, and Victoria Anthony took her out 10-0. Um, so Victoria Anthony capturing lightning in a bottle this weekend. Um, you know, all has consistently been one of the more talented women's freestyle wrestlers domestically, and, and she showed it. Um, she looked really, really good. I, the rest of this weight, man. I mean, this was a stacked weight. I, I know that there's a lot of people that follow, you know, collegiate folk style wrestling and high school wrestling that maybe don't follow. Um, you know, and they, they're in tune with the, with the women's wrestling movement and the girls wrestling movement, but there was a lot of star power at this weight, guys. I mean, Whitney Condor from Army WCAP, she was uh, exceptionally talented. There was some collegiate talent here with Michaela Campbell, um, Aaron Golston was in this bracket. Amy Fernside was in this bracket. We talked about Victoria Anthony and Emily Shilson, um, Melissa Lampy, another really talented women's freestyler, um, 
So there, lots of star power in in this bracket. Um, you know, the one seed Whitney Condor was the one seed, and she ended up fourth. Um, that should tell you, um, you know, everything you need to know. And and uh, you know, she she lost to Alyssa Lampy for third place. Um, Lampy ultimately battled back to beat Amy Fernside for a spot on the national team. Fernside was the four seed. She got to the finals, lost to Victoria Anthony. Anthony obviously went on to wrestle Sarah Hildebrandt in the finals. Um, and guys, man, Sarah looked really good. Um, you know, I know we really only got to watch her wrestle two matches, but she looked really good in both of those matches, right? I mean, it was 12-2 and then 10-0, and, and that was after, you know, uh, that was on Saturday night, and that was after we had watched Victoria Anthony basically rip through um, the challenge tournament bracket. So, you know, I think there was there was a segment of us that was kind of hoping, you know, hey, maybe Victoria Anthony will get will push Sarah a little bit, um, and she kind of did in that first match. You know, I, own, I know it ended up 12-2, but, I mean, just kind of looking at the timing of the scoring, Sarah scored her second um, takedown, um, you know, about a minute left or so in the, um, in the second period that put her up four to two. Um, cause Anthony scored the first takedown in the first period. So it was two, two Sarah on criteria after the first period, but then Sarah scored a takedown to go up four, two, and then she scored another one with 30 seconds left. It was able to lock up a lace in that end of the match. Um, you know, with about 15 seconds left or so second match, um, just total Sarah Hildebrandt domination. It was 10 Oh, um, you know, another one of those, uh, you know, she was up 8-0 with, you know, less than a minute into the second period, and then she was able to score one more time to put it away. Um, yeah, man, Sarah Sarah looked great. Um, this was a really fun weight. Um, you know, I th- a lot of people, I think, will argue that it wasn't even the most fun weight on the women's freestyle side, but that's where we started. Sarah Hildebrandt, she is our rep at 50 kilograms. We did get to catch up with her um, afterwards as well. We caught up with all the Olympic trials winners, and in the case of the women's freestyle team, all of the Olympians who will be competing in Tokyo this summer. So that's 50 kilograms. Let's hear from our Olympian 50 kilos, Sarah Hildebrandt, right now. Hello. Congratulations. Thank you. So um, you're happy with your decision to move to 50? Oh, heck yeah. You know, it's so weird. In 2015, I had said something like, I'm going to go down to 48 kilos. I was 48 at the time. And people were like, I was 55 kilos at that time. They're like, absolutely not. You know, to see that, and I've actually made the drop. This is kind of something that's been in the back of my head for a long time. So you have everything else on your resume until this moment, except Olympian. And now you have that on your resume. Talk about the feeling of that. Oh my gosh. I don't even know how to talk about it. I feel like I'm just going to keep squealing. Uh, (laughs) I'm so excited. And just like, you know, there's just been so many people who have helped me and I just feel so emotional towards them. And it really is just like, I was telling my coach, just like a culmination of so many things and kind of my philosophy on life. I felt like I was like speaking it into my wrestling. I know that sounds so cheesy, but like, that's how it feels. And I'm just grateful for that and that opportunity. So, yeah. Yeah. You qualified the weight and you had the opportunity to watch everyone else kind of work their way toward you today. Um, and you're really dominated today. Do you think that um, being able to sit back and watch everything yesterday helped you, um, finish this off today so so quickly I did not watch anything um I get if can't tell I get really freaking hype so that's been a game of like just calming down but it's definitely been you know I think it was advantageous sitting out um you know and I, I had wrestled everybody before um and recently in 2020 so I didn't care who came through I honestly didn't even watch you know like I'm like whoever comes through I think the result's going to be the same so um Obviously, I think it was advantageous getting sit out. I'm super glad I, I earned that. Um, but really, it was like I knew the best person would come through that bracket because it was a stacked bracket. 
best person will come through, but it didn't matter. So you don't think you'd have prepared any differently if it were Whitney or someone else? Um, I mean, you know, like once I found out who it was the next morning, there's like little things like, you know, okay, she likes to be here. You know, Vicky is just an amazing wrestler and there's, there's things that she does that no one in the world can do as well as her. So definitely would zeroed in on that. Um, and it would have been the case as well with Whitney, Alyssa, you know, any of them, but for the most part, it was like, be Sarah. That's kind of my mantra. And we say it all the time. And, and I think that's what I did. Now you're going to get to do that in Tokyo. Yeah. So it seems like it maybe hasn't sunk in yet, but maybe it has. <laughs> I don't know. It's going like to it has. <laughs> uh, uh, we have a couple of media questions. I'm going to bring the first one in right now for you. Awesome. Go ahead. Media question. Sarah, it's Tim Creason and Steve Kroc. Can you hear us? Yes. We uh, ran a preview story on you a couple of days ago, and we got a thousand likes on it. Hey, let's how, go! <laughs> how does it feel to know that you have this entire community backing you? Can you feel the energy? Oh my gosh! If I could only explain how cool Indiana is. Like I have not been back to that state, like, and visited with people. First of all, as much as I needed to, you know what I mean. I've just I've really been zeroed in, and in Colorado. And the endless and endless amount of support they give me is just like, I honestly cannot thank them enough. I can feel it in my training. I certainly felt it stepping out on the mat today. So thank you, thank you, thank you. How was it so easy for you today? You, it's, you had kind of a slow start, but uh, then you were like uh, super dominant. What, uh, you had a stacked field. How did that happen? Um, you know, I've really been working hard. Uh, I'm... I had a freaking goal in mind and I just really feel like I'm not stopping till I get there. And this is just another step on the way to that goal. So, you know, just keep on freaking pushing and um, just like really, you know, zeroing in on this and getting so many aspects of my life right and kind of aligning, you know, my mind, my body, my soul, my training, my nutrition, so many things and uh, working to find that alignment. And I think today was a really good I brought a really good Sarah to the stage and I think it's only going to get better for Tokyo. Sarah you don't have to have drama when you go out and dominate that way you were down briefly but you went out dominated one book two matches so didn't have to worry about that kind of thing. Right I uh you know I don't want to drive my parents too crazy they already have to deal with me so you know if I can get it done in two I can keep in good graces. Is your brother in the stands? Uh, my brother, brother was, in the stands? he was not, unfortunately, um, just due to COVID things, he wasn't able to come today, but we were talking all day yesterday, all day today, and I am sure they are going insane at home. I cannot wait to get to my phone. <laughs> all right. Any other uh, media questions? Raise hand if you need. All right. You are clear. Next stop, Tokyo. Let's go. Congratulations. So Thank you. Big fan of that energy from Sarah Hildebrand. You're going to get you guys are going to get that kind of vibe from quite literally the entire women's freestyle team, which is part of what makes these women so fun. Um, right. So we're moving up to 53 kilograms where uh, Jakar Winchester uh, took care of business. She was uh, she knocked off 
uh, Rana Heaton, kind of a surprise finalist here, um, 53 kilograms, another weight that was that was fairly stacked. Heaton came out of the five spot of the challenge tournament and looked very, very impressive along the way. And um, tell you what, she gave Jakara a fight in that first match. It was 7-4. Um, you know, it wasn't until, you know, I know Jakara, I think, had a 5-4 lead late, and then she was able to score another one to ice it. Um, but Heaton, man, she, she threw everything at her in that first match, and then that second match, Jakara kind of ran away with it 12-2. Um, for the technical fall. So Jakara Winchester, past world champ. Um, she is our rep at 53 kilograms. But the challenge tournament, uh, not unlike 50 kilograms, just a, just a lot of fun. You know, I mentioned Ronna Heaton coming out of the five spot. Um, you know, she takes out Jasmine Hernandez in the first round, beats uh, Alex Hedrick in the quarterfinals. So that was 10-0 and then 4-0. Um, Hedrick, um, kind of a seasoned vet. And then another seasoned vet in the semifinals, Dami Parrish. Um, Ronna Heaton pins her late in the third period. So she had managed a pretty strong lead. Um, you know, I, I, she she was able to rattle off. Uh, Rana Heaton was six straight second period points, took a 7-3 lead, and then scored the pin with about two seconds left in that second period. And then she pins Catherine Shy in the challenge finals, right? Like, this is where we were all like, whoa, okay, Rana Heaton here to wrestle. Um, you know, she was repped by the Sunkiss Kids, um, as well as the Wisconsin RTC. So uh, really cool for, for Bono and company to have Rana Heaton make the run that she did. Wisconsin RTC had a pretty strong Olympic trials overall. Um but yeah, Ronna Heaton comes out of the challenge tournament from the five spot um, at a weight that was that that was pretty fun, guys. I'm, I know I say that a lot because I'm a wrestling nerd and I kind of go I go you know way way deep into these things. Um, but you know, Ronna Heaton was the five seed. Alex Hedrick, I mentioned her was the four seed. She, she you know she, that's a that's a female women's wrestler that's been around for quite a while. The rest of this weight, I mean, check it out. Dami Parrish, um, you know, she's kind of been uh, in and around the national team and kind of always always close to making uh you know a world or olympic team right so she was the one seed Catherine shy you know she was uh previously in final x she was the the three seed um ariana velasquez from army w cap another w cap wrestler she was the two seed very talented wrestler there in her own right um but then I, just a lot of maybe other familiar names right uh south winnichique's own velicity taylor she was at this weight class because she won the uh, the ncaa women's freestyle or not the the ncaa women's national collegiate championship they do wrestle freestyle women's free women's collegiate wrestling does freestyle you get my point um alicia hauck um you know that's a that's another young uh, youth young talented wrestler um you know peyton prussian from life university she was the naia champ she was in this bracket lots of really good wrestlers at this weight right and ronna heaton just kind of rips through there um <laughs> with with little with little regard for how everybody else was feeling at this particular weight um so yeah ronna heaton comes out she she beats Dami parish and katherine shy katherine shy beats um alicia hauck and villa to get to the finals felicity taylor from south win um kind of touched on her in the freestyle a little bit. She goes two and two, um, so she gets a, a first round win over Melanie Mendoza, loses to Velasquez, comes back to beat Peyton Prussian, and then loses to Alicia Hauk, who then loses to Dami Parrish, who battles her way back to true second for a spot on the national team um, behind Rana Heaton and Jakara Winchester. But Jakara is... Um, yeah, she's the rep at this weight. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure when she won her world title, I'm, I'm going to have to double check this. That was at 55 kilos. So now she's down at 53 kilos. She still looks slick. She still looks strong. Um, just very calm, cool, and collected. Again, um, we only got to see her wrestle a couple of times, but we got to see her wrestle a couple of times against the challenge tournament champ, Ronna Heaton, who... Um, you know, by all intents and purposes, had a phenomenal weekend, um, you know, to finish second at this weight. But it is Jakar's weight. Um, I wouldn't bet against her at the World Championships and at the Olympics coming up. 
Um, if you do, that is, you know, I obviously there's a lot of other yeah, the world and Olympic championships are hard, and, and we'll talk about this more as kind of we get closer to Tokyo, right? Um, but Chikara, man, she looked great. Um, you know, and just like Sarah, she was very rambunctious and very um, just very fun in her post uh, post finals interview on Saturday. So we're gonna go to Chikara Winchester now, our Olympian at 53 kilos in women's freestyle. Here you go. Ready to rock, Jakara Winchester, 53 oh. kilos, Olympian. Yeah. How great does that sound? It sounds absolutely amazing. You had quite the re- reaction on the mat. It was like you were almost a little surprised. No, oh, 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 no surprise there. Yeah, I was just okay. happy. There's a difference. Please, like when I'm one world please champion. Please correct me. Please correct yes, me. Yes, I will because I wasn't surprised. It was just you all your hard work and everything. It just, the second match was a lot easier than the first match. And just all your emotions hit you when you realize I'm going to the Olympics, you know? So that's why that was my reaction. Give you an opportunity just to really soak it up and to kind of just wash over in those emotions and then also hear the crowd reacting to to you winning. Yeah, that was... uh, all the support and all the just the radiation of happiness and positive vibes was amazing. Were you able to find your family if they're here in the crowd? <laughs> no, I don't uh, have my family come to my wrestling tournaments. Okay. I don't like talking to anybody. So uh, I just want to zoom in and focus and kind of practice that because they won't be able to be in Tokyo. So I want to like mimic it in any way possible. I understand. I understand. What were your keys to victory today, tonight? Um, just wrestling hard and knowing that being confident in my training is really just just go and just push. Before I open it up for questions from Kyle Clement of Track Wrestling, I want to give you an opportunity if there's anyone that you want to thank or anything that you want to say, the platform is yours. Well, first and foremost, I would like to thank God because without God, none of this would be possible. And a lot of people think I'm atheist, but I'm not. But um, I want to thank my sponsors titan mercury has been nothing but absolutely amazing to me they were the ones who gave me a chance on the scene and paid for my trips and everything so titan mercury thank you so much and scrap life they had confidence in me they believed in me they saw my worth and they put me up with people who are also great david taylor macy kilty thomas gilman bo nichols you know so many people that are fighting the same fight as me. And I just want to thank them for letting me be a part of that team also. Kyle Klingman, Track Wrestling, go ahead. Speaking of fighting, that's how you got started. You were a fighter in California and that's how you kind of got in the sport. You have a great story. Walk us through that, how you started out fighting as a, as a kid and got to this point. Yeah, so when it kind of like the way you say it, when it said you're a fighter. So I was a street fighter, like I'm not like UFC or anything trained. I was just... Um, I was a little kid, I had a lisp, you know, people were very cruel and um, I just didn't take any mess from anybody. If you want to fight, we were gonna fight. You know, if people bullied me, I don't do bullying and I think you should treat everybody the way that you wanna be treated. And if somebody is looking for a fight and trying to fight me, I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt and I always, hey, no, I don't wanna fight. But then if you keep poking the bear, the bear turns around and attacks you. So that's pretty much it. Kyle, follow-up? I do. You won your world title at 55 kilos and then moved on to 53. How was that weight cut? 
Um, it was good, you know, just it's not too much of a cut when you live a healthy lifestyle. So I'm just changing to a pescatarian diet. And that's pretty much, you know, like, that's the biggest difference being strictly uh, pescatarian and good thing it was Lent because for Lent I gave up meat. So it's different when you want to cheat on your diet when it's for yourself. But if you're like, I'm doing it for God, I can't do that. So, you know, like that was a big help also. So I think just changing from red meats and being more strict on no sweet stuff, no desserts, nothing that isn't going to fuel my body the way I need it to be fueled. Juan Garcia, the floor is yours. If you could also include your affiliation. I'm a photographer for USA Wrestling. Uh, congratulations. Uh, my question to you is how did you keep yourself motivated in the last uh, year here, uh, knowing that the, you know, the, the games were postponed and you had to wait a whole year in order to, to reach this moment? Um, I was able to keep myself motivated because this isn't my last cycle. Like I wasn't planning on retiring anything, you know, this is, I'm in it for the long run. I'm going to go to as many Olympics as, as I can, win as many gold medals in the world championships on the Olympic level as I can. Cause I, I'm, I just, I'm like 10 years into wrestling and people have been wrestling for like 20 plus years. So I still think I'm fairly new and I'm just now still like, I haven't peaked yet. So it was easy for me because it's a lifestyle, you know, it's like what I do, I train for a living. So it was just a no brainer to keep training. Uh, we, we are trying to sanction female wrestling in Pennsylvania here. And uh, we just love that we have such great representatives as yourself. So good luck in the Olympic games. <laughs> Want anything else? There we go. All right. Kyle, did you have another follow-up? Nothing other than can't wait to see you compete in Tokyo. Awesome. All right. Last question for you. If you had to choose one word to describe how you're feeling right now, what word would it be? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. That is a very good question. <laughs> I would say... Okay, I'll just say happy, that's it. Grateful, grateful, there we go. All right, Jakar Winchester, congratulations. Wait, wait. Yeah, give I it to me. one more thing to say. Go for I it. I want to thank my training partner, Aiden. He's uh, Aiden Valencia. He's a high schooler that took time out of his tournaments and stuff to come help me train. That's a big thing for me, so I want to say thank you to him. I want to say thank you to my coach, Izzy, and thank you to my coach, Clarissa Chan, and everybody who has helped me on the way. All right. And with that, Jakara Winchester, Olympian, congratulations. Thanks Thank for taking you. the time to come chat with us. Always a fun interview with Jakara. Moving on to 57 kilograms now. One of the weights of the tournament, guys. Helen Maroulis comes out on top to make her, uh, to make another Olympic team. She's, you know, the reigning gold medalist um, after winning it in Rio, first in women's freestyle history to win an Olympic gold medal. Um, now she's going to go back and try to do it again. And she... Man, this weight was loaded. Okay, uh, with both with talent and in storyline, because you know there's there's the obvious you know Helen, 
um, you know, just kind of being the, 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 the motor that kind of spurred this women's and girls wrestling uh, movement. You know, if you talk to a lot of people about just the overall growth around the country at all levels, they kind of point to Helen winning gold as kind of the aha moment. That's when everything really kind of took flight, um, even though there was a lot of work in progress leading up to that point that kind of laid the groundwork for what we're seeing now. Right. Um, but there was Helen. She beat Jenna Burkett. Um, this was one of the few weights that went to a third match on Saturday night. She beat Jenna Burkett. Um, in the third winner take all match to win this Olympic spot, uh, Helen won the first match five to three. Jenna came back and won the second match six to five. Um, and then Helen, um, a real nasty foot sweep for the uh, quick first period pin in the third match, and that ultimately sealed the Olympic spot. But I tell you what, there was there was the story of Helen, and there was also the story of Jenna Perquet, who was competing at the Olympic trials a week after her mom had passed away after complications from from heart surgery. Um, the, the story, as I understand it, um, Jenna's mom um, was having heart surgery so that she could hopefully watch Jenna compete at the U.S. Olympic team trials. The complications became such, um, you know, that Jenna basically kind of quit wrestling in, in the weeks leading up to the Olympic trials because she was way more worried about her mom. Um, you know, she didn't really worry too much about workouts. She was in the hospital. She became very, very open, um, you know, and shared messages and updates via, you know, her social media channels on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, you know, if, if you want to kind of go see some of the details and what she was able to share um, just, just just tremendous insight and tremendous bravery to just kind of let everybody in. Um, you know, I know a lot of it was, you know, her offering updates and asking for prayers, uh, but just, you know, to be able to share that side of what you're going through just it, weeks before the biggest competition of your life, right? Like that is just unfathomable strength. I can't even begin to comprehend or process what kind of she was experiencing and going through. Um, you know, there there was uh, USA Wrestling offered this really cool deal. Um, you know, be, because I think initially there there weren't a lot of people that were sure that there were going to be a bunch of fans in the building, and so they offered cardboard cutouts. Um, the money went toward the the you know Olympic Living the Dream Fund, um, and um, Jenna had a cutout of her mom sitting front and center. Um, you know, I, I, I know a handful of people that helped kind of place the cardboard cutouts. I had one myself, um, you know, but I, I know the people that helped place the cardboard cardboard cutouts. Excuse me. Words are hard in Dickey's arena down in Fort Worth. And somebody put Jenna's mom front and center. And let me tell you, man, um, Jenna's mom got a show because Jenna was unbelievable this week. I know she didn't end up making the team, but um, such an inspiration. And anybody that's ever been to kind of a big wrestling tournament like this, like the Big Ten Championships or the NCAA Championships, any conference tournament, any big national tournament, um, you know, even, I mean, you know, we're, we're a lot of Iowa-centric here, but like, the, you know, the Iowa State tournament and other big tournaments like that, wrestling fans are smart, right? They, they really, they pick up and understand the vibe of things and understand kind of the gravity of certain matches and situations. And I'll tell you what, man, I, I don't know how many fans total were able to get into Dickey's Arena over the course of the two days to watch all the wrestling, but I'll tell you what, every single one of them, even probably people in the Marulis camp, were rooting for Jenna Burkett. Because just unbelievable what she was able to do. She was the one seed in the challenge tournament. Again, this is a week after her mom had passed away. Um, one seed in the challenge tournament. Um, 11-0 to get to the semifinals. 11-0 again to get to the challenge finals. She pins Allie Reagan. Um, 
former Hawkeye Wrestling Club member, uh, multiple-time world silver medalist, always kind of right there on the cusp of, of you know, making these teams and doing some serious damage, um, you know, multiple senior-level world team members. She actually beat Jen, I believe, to make the 2019 world team. Um, you know, so Jenna sticks her to get to the, to the, um, the championship finals best of three, and she gives Helen everything and then some that she can handle. I mean, we're talking I, I when you when you kind of discuss women's freestyle wrestling in the United States with with people who who know a lot more, even a lot more than me, but I mean, I'm kind of guilty of this too. We kind of put Helen on this pedestal. She's kind of in this rarefied air as you know, may, I maybe one of the best pound for pound technicians the women's freestyle has ever seen domestically. Um, you know, her her international accolades speak for themselves, right? Multiple time world champ. Obviously, she's the Olympic champ. Um, you know, and Jenna just gave her everything she could handle. And we kind of knew that right as the matches started, right? I mean, Jenna came out firing right in that first match. Um, Helen ended up winning at 5-3, but Jenna scored a takedown right there in that first minute, took a 2-0 lead into the second. Um, Helen came back, um, took a lead 2-2 on criteria, you know, scored a couple more. But the Jenna right there able with with a step out with nine seconds left kind of gave herself that opportunity. The window was open, right? 5-3, Helen takes the first match. Second match, Jenna comes right back and does it again, right? Um you know, looking at the first period, um, she takes a 1-0 lead after the first period because of a couple of passive calls. She's really, I mean, she's doing the dang thing to Helen freaking Marulis, right? Very impressive. Scores a 2-2 two and two, um, to take a, uh, uh, you know, she takes a 2, I, I'm sorry, I, I misread the box score. She was down 1-0 after two passives in the first period, but then she takes a 4-1 to lead on 2-2. Two and two. Then Helen goes 2-2. Two and two. Got about 90 seconds left in the match. She's got a... Uh, you know, a 5-4 lead, but then Jenna scores with 30 seconds left in that second period, is able to kind of muscle her way to a 6-5 to five victory, forcing a third match. Um, you kind of, if you're in the building, you kind of feel the air is moving a little bit. You're wondering what's going to happen. Is, is Helen going to make the team? Is Jenna going to take this story to Tokyo? Just all sorts of emotions and everything, and then Helen comes out and does Helen things. Um, a nasty foot sweep, wins it. Um, you know, it's kind of I, I crack this I crack this line all the time during the Iowa High School State Championships is that when they set the finals up, it's kind of it's the place where dreams are both realized and crushed at the same time. Right. Because you have guys that end up winning state championships and then you have guys that obviously lose in the finals. And that's very heartbreaking. Um it's that to like a magnitude of 10 or 20 at the Olympic trials, right? Especially in the best of three finals, match three, winner take all, winner takes the spot, winner in this case goes to Tokyo, um, Helen just ends it, um, and it was a really cool moment on the mat afterwards, because, I, you know, Helen, she celebrated, um, it was really awesome to kind of see her after everything she's been through, right, with, with concussions and stepping away from the sport and, um, you know, eventually wanting to come back and, and make this one final run. I don't know if it's a final run, but it, it just, it has the air of, of, of finality to it if she's able to take this all the way. Um, you know, and then very quickly, I think she understands that, you know, that one of her, you know, longtime friends, training partners, competitors is hurting on the other side of the mat, right? Because, you know, while Helen goes off to celebrate, we see Jenna Perkett on the mat, She's immediately in tears. She she understands that that the dream is gone this year, this time around. And you know, I watching the broadcast. She she's mouthing, you know, I'm sorry, mom. I'm sorry, mom. They, they embrace a couple different times on the mat, and it's just kind of you know comprehension in real time, right? Like that's kind of what's setting in for Jenna. And and even after Helen celebrates, she she kind of understands kind of the weight and the gravity of the situation. And um, 
you know, the NBC ends up talking to them both afterwards. Um, it kind of, kind of a weird, awkward thing a little bit. Um, you know, Jenna was very gracious with her time throughout the weekend, just kind of talking about what everything means. Um, but then we obviously got to talk to Helen on Saturday after, uh, making another Olympic team after just kind of the emotions and everything on the mat and, and everything she's been through and everything Jenna's been through. And it was a tremendous interview here. Um, so here we'll go to Helen Maroulis now that's 57 kilograms. She is our Olympic rep. Let's go to her now. Helen Maroulis, Olympian, two-time Olympian. Congratulations. I know you've had a little bit of time to decompress. <laughs> I feel like that's the wrong word to use, but a little yeah. bit of time to come down doing all the photos and everything. How are you feeling coming out of that three-rounder? Oh my gosh. I, uh, all over the place, so many emotions, uh, wrestling, you know, any sport, there's so many highs and lows. Um, there's a lot in, in uh, one day. <laughs> so, uh, but I feel amazing. This is I, I'm ecstatic. I, I'm so sorry. I literally don't have words and I had That's time to okay. calm down. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to use one word to describe how you're feeling, would it be ecstatic? I would say grateful. I would say grateful. And why are you so grateful? Because I, I didn't know if um, this was ever going to happen. Uh, I didn't know if I was ever going to get back to wrestling back on the stage. I didn't know if I'd be healthy. I didn't know if I would I, I had no clue that I was going to be in such an amazing program um, at Penn State with so many great coaches and teammates and, you know, even our, our women's team here. I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful for this journey. Do you think after everything with the world getting turned upside down on its head in this past year and now we're coming out of all of it, we just successfully completed the trials. The Olympics are on the forefront. Does this just make it feel all of that a little bit sweeter? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think the um, COVID for, for everyone was, you know, real tough, uh, maybe also real eye opening. And, and, you know, again, it will make you appreciate things like the fact that the Olympics didn't get canceled, the fact they just got delayed uh, isn't incredible. So to come off that that rough year for all of us and then to get to have this um, is truly amazing. I want to give you the opportunity if there's anyone that you would like to thank or anything in particular that you would like to say, give you that stage and that platform before opening it up for questions. Oh man, <clears throat> there's so many people that I'd like to thank. First of all, my coaches with the Nittany Lang Wrestling Club, my support staff, um, Sunkiss Kids, my sponsor, uh, my strength coach, Chase, um, the, all the doctors that have worked with me and, and throughout the years. Oh my gosh, there's so many to name. Um, and I'm trying to blank, um, That's okay. my, my family and, uh, last but not least, God, uh, for bringing me back here. Was your family able to make the trip down to watch you wrestle? My parents were, yeah, they were in the stands. Good. Were you able to spot them after you won? Yeah, they came up and hugged me and I hopped the fence for a little bit and, and just That's cried in their arms. Love so. to hear that. Love to hear that. Uh, we're going to open it up. Jake, Ferriot, go ahead. Yeah, well, first of all, congrats. You know, you talked about the teammates that you have in the NLWC. You know, I think they saw, you know, I cover Penn State. I think a lot of people maybe on the outside might not know that there is such a robust women's program at the NLWC, but having people like Jane Valencia and Jen Page there in the room with you, you know, what does that do, whether it's from a motivational standpoint, an inspirational standpoint, a wrestling standpoint? Yeah, it helps a lot to one, have other women there um, because it's just a different feel and two, just to have people pursuing the same goal as you. So Jane and I qualified at the Olympic trials and so we'll be competing uh, at the Olympics together. And I think it's just great to have a push. Uh, when I was living at home in Maryland, I just remember telling my mom, it's, it's kind of hard doing this on my own. Um, and so just to be uh, at Penn State and have the girls and we're all helping each other and it's amazing. And just for 
So when did you join the NLWC? Uh, January, January after the tournament in France. And, you know, we heard from Kyle, we heard from Thomas, who are also sort of newer members to the NLWC, you know, just what is the support from Penn State, the community, you know, what has that been like and what has that meant to you, you know, being maybe a relative outsider at first? Um, you know, being on the outside, I didn't know really that much about Penn State and, you know, I just, I knew that they were good at college wrestling and, and then um, actually got suggested that I should go up there because it was only a couple hour drive away and probably like the first day that I was in the room, I was like, I, I know this is the place for me. There's just something different and everybody's just so amazing. So um, the coaches are, are incredible. The staff, everyone, the support there is, is just amazing. And, you know, obviously you've got an Olympic gold medal under your belt, you know, world medals under your belt, but do you still find yourself learning from everybody in the room, whether it's, you know, some of the younger guys on the team, some of the coaches, some of the older people on the team, you know, do you still find yourself learning new things every day, even though you've got all these accolades? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I've really only been working on new stuff since I moved there, like only new stuff. And um, I just, that environment in the room too, everyone's so helpful. So, um, you know, whether it's the guys, the girls, the coaches, you know, we're all just, we're there, we're teammates, we're helping each other. So it's such a good environment for learning. Kyle Klingman, track wrestling. Ellen, were you healthy coming into this? Um, <clears throat> I uh, tore my MCL two and a half weeks ago. Uh, it felt really good um, coming in. You know, I, I took my first like full penetration step um, this last Monday, this Monday, a couple days ago. Um, so it felt really good when I was drilling the last few days, but it just got tweaked on in the second match. But even even that, I think adrenaline, I knew adrenaline was going to let help me get through it. Kyle, follow up. Yeah, you hit that same move in the world finals. Was that plan going out there for match three? <clears throat> Absolutely not. That actually hurt my, my knee to do. Um, but, uh, you know, after the second match, I just, I just knew even the first and the second match, I just really wasn't, I wasn't wrestling well. And, um, the coaches just really helped me to kind of just get, get in the right mindset and just really go for it. And so that I don't think about what I do before I do it. That just happened. And I hit it. Jacob Ferry at follow-up. Yeah. Helen, you know, having been at the Olympics before having won gold before, how do you balance having the confidence of saying I've been here before I've been successful with not getting complacent? Oh, great question. Um, I think that I think it helps to be self-aware and to consistently check in. And I have like mentors and people that I help to keep me accountable because you need to be self-aware and realize what are the things that worked for me before that I do great that I need to hold on to, whether that's a mindset or a way that I'm training or approaching things. And then also realizing, well, this is a different, you know, quad, this is a different time around. So what are the things that I need to do differently and, and change? And <clears throat> I think having a different range of girls on the team, some younger, some more experienced, um, you kind of just all pull from each other. So that helps as well. Got one for you, Alex Ozzie, NBC Sports. <clears throat> Go ahead, Alex. Hey there, Helen. Congrats on um, making your second team. Um, curious, uh, in terms of the MCL, is there anything that you need to do to uh, like rehab it going forward? Yeah, so when I heard it um, two and a half weeks ago, they told me that I would have to be in a brace for six weeks. And I said, I don't have that. I have two and a half. What, what do we do? And then they said, well, if you want to wrestle, you need to get your range of motion back ASAP. So literally within 24 hours, I just 
did a bunch of therapy, had a bunch of people help me, um, massage everything, all different techniques. I have compression boots, red light, whatever, and got the range of motion back within a day or two. Um, and they pretty much said that it should heal as long as you don't tweak it again. So uh, I'm sure it might be a couple more weeks now and I'll just, now I can be more safe about it. And um, just to make sure I heard you correctly. So within the last two and a half weeks, when did you kind of get back onto the mat and training again? So uh, two and a half weeks ago, I, uh, when I heard it that Monday, I didn't get on the mat for the whole week. I actually, my parents, my mom drove three hours to pick me up from Penn State, drove me three hours back uh, round trip just so I could make it to this doctor's appointment on Friday in Maryland. And, you know, then saw my strength coach there and a couple other doctors and people and then came back to state college. So probably for like a week I was off and then we started taping it that following week and just biking and seeing if I could take a shot and stuff like that. I imagine that, you know, with everything that you've been through in terms of concussion and surgeries over the last couple of years to have something like this, that's maybe kind of minor in the grand scheme of things, but so close to Olympic trials. Um, what was like, was there any doubt in your mind that you'd be able to make it here? Not at all. Uh, in fact, like right when it, right when it popped, you know, obviously I screamed and uh, stopped. And then I, in my head, I was like, all right, I know I'm ready to win the Olympic trials. Like, I just feel like there's just kind of, there's always a, a setback along the way. Um, and it could be a variety of things. It could be your weight cut, uh, you know, whatever. Um, but for me, it just happened to be this, this tweak in the knee. And I just, I, I really deeply believe that I was supposed to be on this team that I'm supposed to go to Tokyo, that I'm supposed to win a gold medal. Um, so I just had faith that that would come to pass, uh, even if it wasn't the exact way I thought it would look like. Thank you. Thanks. Kyle, did you have a follow-up? Yeah, just <laughs> with those two matches, it is interesting that uh, you wrestled Jenna <laughs> to make that Pan Am Olympic, Olympic qualifier and you pinned her twice. Did you think she was going to come out like this and give you such a match or matches? Yes, I, I did. Um, <clears throat> I, I saw the way she wrestled and I also just felt in her spirit that, uh, that she was just, she was on, she was ready, she was prepared. And as she just went through so much in such a short amount of time and the, you know, whatever she did to be ready today, she she did um, an incredible job and um, yeah, so I didn't think that it was going to be some easy, easy kind of match. Kyle, any others? All right. And Helen, just uh, one last one, one for you. And I know we already all know the answer, but want to hear it from you. Goals and expectations for Tokyo. Uh, be the best wrestler in person I can be gold medal. Yeah. Let's get another one. We'd love to see you bring home a, a second gold there. Congratulations. We hope you get healthy. Want to make you. sure you take care of that knee, uh, but enjoy the moment. Celebrate with your family. And we look forward to watching you wrestle. Thank you. Thank you guys summer. so much for waiting too. I didn't know that, um, that you guys were waiting for the whole time we were doing the, the photos, but hey, it's all the way the flow works with media <laughs> and requirements and all that. We were happy to wait for you, but we appreciate oh, it yeah. greatly. Thank you.
62 kilograms. Caleb Miracle, former Hawkeye Wrestling Club member, um, tremendous, absolutely tremendous women's college freestyler. Um, you know, decorated age level, um, lots of lots of age level medals for for Kayla, and she now a 2021 U.S. Olympian. She was on the 2019 World Team, uh, was able to qualify the spot at through the uh, through the Pan Am qualifier, and now she has the spot. Um, uh, she won this weight. This weight was the only other weight in the tournament, men's freestyle, women's freestyle, Greco-Roman, that went to a third match in the best of three finals. And Kayla emerged victorious over Macy Kilty in that third match. Kilty um, was able to steal the second match after Kayla won the first one. Um, very heated battle here uh, between these two, kind of the the, the future with Macy Kilty um, coming up and battling the present and, and Kayla Miracle for this uh, spot. Um, these next few weights, we're going to talk about a little bit of this youth movement um, that, that made it made it's a presence known and, and felt uh, very heavily on the women's freestyle side. Um, but Kayla Miracle, she's the Olympian. Um, only again, she wrestled three matches, so kind of hard to really get a vibe about how she wrestled because I, you know, I thought she wrestled pretty well. Macy Kilty, very, very tough opponent. Um, you know, and and Kayla ultimately gets the job done. A um, little bit of an unfortunate circumstance in that third match. Kilty ended up going down with an injury, um, but Miracle came out. Uh, you know, I think she was up already 4-0 or 6-0 at the time that Macy initially got injured, and then she tried to keep going because she's um, a lot braver and stronger and more courageous than than a lot of folks out there, including myself. Um, but the injury just didn't hold up, and, and so Kayla ends up uh, winning that match. It gets called pretty quickly there in that first period. But hey, that first match, 8-4, to four, um, Kayla's able to take it. She raced out to a pretty quick lead. Um, you know, there were a couple passives on Macy Kilty, and then, you know, within that last minute, Kayla jumped out to a 6-0 lead in the first period. Um, but Macy kind of chips away, takedown in that second period, gets a step-out point. Uh, Kayla's able to score another takedown to kind of ice it, um, but Macy Kilty shows that she's more than ready for the battle, 8-4. And then in that second match, uh, Macy Kilty proves that she is uh, far and away ready for the battle, right? So she scores, um, Kayla scores a passive point to start in that in that first period of the second match, but then Kilty able to get a takedown with 13 seconds left to take a 2-1 to one lead into the second. And then she scores midway through that second period to take a 4-1 lead. Very impressive stuff. Kayla battles back with a couple of step outs, um, but uh, Macy able to take that one. Um, and then we mentioned the third match already. Uh, Kayla raced out to a pretty quick lead. Uh, takedown, a couple of laces. Uh, she goes up there pretty quickly. Um, Macy has to kind of call, stop the match because of an injury. Um, and then she tries to keep going, um, but uh, ultimately cannot. So that's unfortunate. Let's hope she gets healthy. There's some age level stuff this uh, this spring and summer that she will absolutely be able to take advantage of. Um, because I'll tell you what, man, she Macy Kilty's only 20 years old. This is what I mean about this youth movement. I know that I, I, the other two that we're going to talk about it at 68 kilo and, and 76 kilos, uh, Kennedy Blades and, and Kylie Welko, they're still in high school, which is all in, seriously insanely impressive. But Kay, uh, uh, Macy Kilty just re, like she just turned 20 in March. Like she is very freshly minted 20 year old, and and she's one that you know she's she's a name that we've seen for quite some time. Um, you know she she has you know in many recent years, I say many, I mean really over the past four or five years she's really kind of um you know chipped away and broken through at the senior level but before that just tons of age level success at the cadet level at the junior level at the u23 level just um you know another bright spot when it comes to you know women's freestyle and girls wrestling in general in the united states she has really popped up on a lot of people's radars and um, i'll tell you what man she she had a heck of a challenge tournament in order to get 
uh, to earn the right to wrestle Kayla on Saturday night. She was the two seed um, in the challenge tournament. Um, she ends up beating, um, you know, along the way to make the challenge final. She beats Mallory Velti, who's a past senior level world medalist, um, another very decorated collegiate women's wrestler. Um, so Macy Kilty is able to take her out in the challenge semis. And then the challenge final, she beats Maya Nelson, who's another um you know, I, I don't know if you kind of attach her to this youth movement that we're, you know, going to discuss here in these final two weights, but Maya Nelson, another, I, she she's a women's freestyle wrestler, a very talented one that's going to be around for a long time. Let's phrase it that way. So, um, you know, Kilty able to take care of Velty 4-2, able to take care of Maya Nelson 5-0. That was after a 12-2 win in the quarters. Um, Nelson ultimately um, makes the national team. Um, uh, you know, because she comes back and she's able to, you know, Jennifer Page is ultimately the one who um, emerges as third. So Nelson, because she beat Jennifer Page in the semifinals, is able to make the national team. Just kind of looking at the bracket here. Lots of talented wrestlers at this weight, man. I mean, there, you know, Maya Nelson, we mentioned her. Macy Kelty, obviously. Mallory Velty, um, you know, she made the semis. Um, ultimately decided to wrestle back because she wanted to make the national team and ended up losing to uh, Emma Bruntill from uh, McKendry, who's a wildly talented um, collegiate wrestler. She's absolutely going to be a force at this weight in the future. Maybe she decides to bump up. Maybe she decides to bump down. I don't know. Julia Salata was in this weight. She's a seasoned vet. She's been around for a while. Uh, Desiree Zavala was at this weight. That's who Kilty beat first. Lots and lots of talented wrestlers at this weight. We mentioned Jennifer Page. Um, so yeah, um, Macy Kilty did a phenomenal job navigating the challenge tournament, but Kayla Miracle, um, you know, at least up into, I, it was pretty even series, right? I mean, obviously one-to-one before Macy got hurt. Um, give Macy a lot of credit for trying to fight through that injury. Kayla Miracle, um, just really excited to see her get the opportunity when she was with the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. We got to um, we got to get to know them quite a bit, right? I mean, they're just you know, women's freestyle wrestlers. There, um, you know, the, the the five at least that were part of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. You know, Kayla, Allie Reagan, Michaela Beck, who was also at this weight. She's a you know she's a with the Wisconsin RTC now. She was formerly of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. Um, you know, Forrest, Mo- Forrest Molinari. We'll talk about her at the next weight. Lauren Louise, She was at 57 kilos. She struggled a little bit this weekend. Um, this weekend at the Olympic trials. It's last weekend, right? Tech difficulties kind of stink and throw your throw your calendar off. But anyway, just all five of them more more than gracious with their time. It was really fun to just kind of you know I, to to get to know them to share some of their stories and and to really just watch them and become way more invested in this women's freestyle movement and just this women's wrestling movement in general. We talk a lot about just the you know, especially at the at the high school level in Iowa, right? Um, just about the growing numbers and the state tournament, and um, you know, I, we've we've talked a little bit about Grandview and Iowa Westland and, and Waldorf and um, you know William Penn and all these programs that are um, you know adding women's wrestling collegiately in the state of Iowa. You know, Mia Palumbo is another superstar from high school. She's from Illinois. She's going to come wrestle for Iowa Westland. Um, just to become a little bit more involved and and just surround yourself and and follow this at at literally all levels that's kind of what the Hawkeye women did when when they were in Iowa City um, they obviously all followed Mark Perry down to the sun-kissed kids and, and the Arizona State University RTC and um, you know they just they wanted to follow their coach and, and I don't blame them for that but you know I very you know as as a wrestling fan very grateful for their time in Iowa City as somebody who covers the sport even more grateful just for the fact that they were there and their presence was here because it was very much felt and, um, you know, kind of changed the way that, you know, I follow a lot of the wrestling now. Um, you know, I kind of hope that they had that similar impact on, on you guys who, who follow international wrestling, but maybe not women's wrestling as closely as, as you had in, in the years beforehand. Um, so very grateful for them. Um, Kayla Miracle, though, is our rep. She's the Olympian at 62 kilograms. We got to catch up with her afterwards as well. Um, always a treat to interview Kayla Miracle. Here's what she had to say after she won. 
Hello. Hello. Congratulations. Thank you so much. You could say it's miraculous, but you wouldn't say that. Yes, we've used that slogan a couple times, just a couple of So um, you, you, I think, controlled the first match pretty well. Were you surprised at the second match, how it changed? Did you react any way to, to, to come to the third? You know, I went into the second match and my mind went blank. I wasn't in the moment. I wasn't really ready to make that that team. I wasn't ready to dominate. I wasn't ready to take it. And that's what my coaches were telling me after that second match, after that loss. Is it's not going to be given to you. We're going to have to take the hard road. And so going into that third match, I was completely calm. I was I was in the back napping and they're calling. I hear my name like, Kayla, Kayla, where is she? So I'm like running up to the tunnel and uh, I get out there and my mind was just laser focus. I was, you know, channeling my inner snowflake, you know, my training partner. And, uh, I was just ready. I, I, unfortunately she got injured and I hope she heals up quick, but whether that match ended right there after that first stop, or we went six minutes, I was taking it. There was no other option. I've been telling everybody, I don't see it going any other way. I don't see anyone else taking that 62 spot for Tokyo. Well, you qualified it and you, um, dominated the the weight and then you got to sit the reward is you got to sit yesterday did you watch the matches did you prepare differently depending on who the opponent was going to be today you know if you asked me a year ago when trials were supposed to be I would have said Mallory Velti is going to be in the finals with me if you asked me a month ago I would have said Macy Kilty. And if you asked me this past week, I would have said Maya Nelson, you know, 62 is just stacked. You know, you have Emma Bruntel, Jen Page, you know, they're just a bunch of studs up and coming. Michaela Beck, you never know who's going to make it through. So I was just ready. I was preparing to be my best self. But in the end, we, we thought it was going to be Macy by her uh, performance at the Captain's Cup. But I was confident, you know, I wrestled her in Nice, France in the finals for the gold medal. And, you know, I got a little banged up during that match, but I was still able to come out with an 8-2 win. So, Knowing that, knowing that I wasn't able to give 100% of myself and still come away like that, I knew coming into this, there was no way, um, you know, maybe she can slip one out. But, you know, kind of like Forrest said in 2019, you know, we train in Iowa, let's fucking go type of thing. You know, we train in Arizona. I train with Neuroforce. Let's go. I'm ready. Like 12 minutes, 18 minutes, whatever it is, you know, that spot was mine. We have some immediate questions as well. I'm going to bring in the first one here. Go ahead. Hi, Kayla. It's Tim Creason and Steve Craw back in South Bend. How you doing, dear? You look good. I'm doing you great. About, you talked about a week ago about there was a point after the trials were canceled last year where you got so low that you were ready to give it up. And yeah. then you got, you got the COVID and it was kind of like, what's the use? But now you're on your way to Tokyo. So can take us a little bit through that emotional switch from last year to now. You know, the sport is, it's rough. You know, you hit some really high highs. Like today is really high high. I'm going to go celebrate with my family. My siblings are here. My nephews are here. My grandparents, aunts, parents, all of them, they're all here. So I'm going to celebrate with them. And we hit, hit those high highs, but we've hit those low lows. I've lost in final X in three matches before. You know, I've lost in world championship matches in the finals for medals, things like that. So we hit those high highs and we hit those low lows, but it's, you know, the support system that you have around you that kind of, it gets you through, you know, I've had certain conversations, especially when I was starting to feel low, I'm like, you know, is this even worth it? This sport is so tough. We put so much into it, you know, and for just wrestling to play a game, you know, but no, it's not a game. 
it's my life. And, you know, I'm glad I made the decision, you know, let's throw those negative thoughts out. You know, I'm here and this has been my dream since I was four. So I'm going to make it a reality. Can you? We have Answer another question uh, media question. You, Raise you, your hand. You, if you, you trained in Arizona. You're in Iowa. What was that? Sorry, it was cutting out. Trained in Iowa. You've trained about everywhere, but I noticed on your uh, profile on USA Wrestling, you list Culver, Indiana as your hometown. Is, do you still consider? You know, I don't really know what my hometown is. I mean, I am always going to have ties to Culver. I have three high school teammates up in the stands cheering for me. So excited to see them. You know, that place will always have a special place in my heart. But, you know, I've had some time in Bloomington, Indiana, Campbellsville, Kentucky for college. You know, my family's really spread out, born in California, started my wrestling career in Washington. But now, you know, I still love Iowa. I, I love the people there. You know, I still consider that a little bit of home, but home base is Arizona, you know, Tempe, Phoenix, Scottsdale, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, that's home right now. Well, last question. You talked about bringing yourself down after the trials disappointment last year and then bring yourself back up. Now you're on a high, but you're going to have to start all over again to get yourself ready for August. What are you going to do for the next two months? There's, there's no starting all over. I'm not you know, peaking and going all the way down. I'm not crashing. You know, I'm staying up. I'm going to get better from this. I learned a lot in those, what, 14 minutes. Um, my coaches are awesome. We're going to, we're going to build from it. We're going to learn from it. And we're going to take out Japan. Team USA is going to take out Japan on their home turf. Guaranteed. Oh yeah. Thomas? We've, we've got a dang good squad going through. So I'd be surprised to see it go any other way. 68 kilograms, Tamara Mensa stock. One of the, I, I talk about how this women's freestyle team just up and down, just really fun interviews and just great personalities and amazing stories to tell. And Tamara Mensa stock, absolutely um, a large reason why that is. She sweeps the best of three finals over Kennedy Blades. Um, we'll talk about her here in a minute um, to win the spot at 68 kilograms. Tamara Mensa stock, originally from Katy, Texas. She had a, um, she had quite the fan base there and and more than, more than willing to kind of embrace them on Saturday night after she was able to make her first Olympic team. Kind of a cool story for Tamara, I believe. She she made the Olympic team. She won the Olympic team trials. Let's phrase it that way. Back in 2016, but did not ultimately qualify the weight. That fueled everything we saw in this last quad where she made a couple of, she made a handful more world teams, won a world bronze medal, won a world title. Um, hard to think she's not the gold medal favorite going into Tokyo. I, I absolutely believe that she's the best woman at this weight in the world. Um, and now she's going to get that opportunity to prove it on the sport's biggest stage. Um, just excellent, excellent stuff for, from Tamara, um, you know, just, and really just over the last quad, she's been one of the, the many women's freestylers that it's just been like, wow, like, you know, if, as long as she takes care of business, um, you know, this women's freestyle team might legitimately have what it takes to, to take down Japan. I know that's something that they're very open about. And when we talked about that earlier in the show, but, um, you know, seeing consistent talent, and consistent greatness like Tamara Mensa stock. And we'll talk about Adeline gray. And, um, you know, it's nice to have those heavy hitters in the back of the lineup. If you know, for a women's freestyle team, that's got high expectations. Um, so yeah, really cool for Tamara. Um, we'll obviously catch her interview here in a minute, but, the, one of the stories of the entire tournament, um, and there were a lot of them, and I know a lot of them were in women's freestyle was just Kennedy blades. 
uh, 17-year-old high schooler out of Illinois. Um, you know, she, she wrestles with Izzy style. I know that she, in the process of going to Wyoming Seminary and then COVID hit, so she decided she'd do the quarantine thing back home. And um, she comes out of the... Here's the other cool thing about Kennedy Blades, right? She was in the last chance qualifier the week before the Olympic trials, won that weight, secured the three seed this week, and she goes 10-0 over Rachel Waters, 5-0 over, Al- over Alex Glade, 11-1 over Forrest Molinari in the challenge finals, and then against Tamara in the best of three finals. I know Tamara ended up sweeping this two matches to none, but tell you what, man, uh, Kennedy Blades, she's she's going to have some staying power because she she came right out of the gate, scored the first takedown against Tamara within that first minute, um, was able to score another one in the second period, even though Tamara ran away with that one 12-4. Um, and then in that second match, just she made some adjustments positionally. Tamara is kind of a tank, so it's really hard to really hold her down. Um, but hey, Kennedy Blades able to score on a step out to begin, and then Tamara Mensa Stock able to take the next eight points to win that one, eight to one. Um, but I tell you what, um, Kennedy Blades ain't going anywhere anytime soon, guys. She is she's just seventeen. Um, a really cool part about her story was that if the, if the Olympic trials had taken place like they were supposed to on time last year, she would not have been old enough to qualify. Um, she would not have been old enough to compete at the U.S. Olympic team trials. So she's old enough this year. She goes to the last chance, takes care of business, gets to the Olympic trials, and just storms to the finals. One of those moments I talked about earlier where, the, you know, wrestling crowds, they're very smart and they understand the gravity of situations and really cool stories as they're unfolding in real time. And, and Kennedy Blades got that treatment this, you know, at the U.S. Olympic team trials at Dickey's Arena um, crowd very much behind her. Even when she lost to Tamara Mensa Stock, Tamara was able to, um, you know, celebrate and, and enjoy the fact that she made the team. And um, Kennedy had the, the wherewithal and the maturity to, to let her have that moment and, and give her the embrace afterwards. And as Kennedy Blades walks off the floor, she got a well well-deserved, rousing standing ovation from the crowd. Um, you know, guys, it's this is going to be a shorter Olympic uh, Olympic cycle coming up. Just to put this in perspective, she'll be 20 by the time we get to the 2024 Olympics. There's a very real possibility that Kennedy Blades, as long as she kind of continues on the track that she's on, no doubt in my mind she could make three Olympic teams and perhaps do some damage along the way. Um, you know, senior level stuff, different age level stuff. She's just, she's still in high school, right? Maybe she's still cadet eligible. I don't think so. But, you know, junior, U23, senior level stuff. She ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Tremendous, tremendous tournament from her. Uh you know, we mentioned, you know, she beat Forrest Molinari 11 to 1. She scored, what, five takedowns on Forrest Molinari, who, you know, a past world teamer, 2019 world teamer, um, you know, she took fifth place at the Senior World Championships, where in that entire tournament, she only allowed like four takedowns. Kennedy Blades got five on her in one match. Um, she's just she, so many problems with her length and her speed and her strength and just wrestling IQ. Um, just tremendous performance from her. Um, you know, she won a weight with Alex Claude, who's always kind of been in and out. Rachel Waters, multiple age-level world teams. Um, Alara Boyd, very talented McKendry wrestler. Forrest Molinari, excuse me, um, senior-level world team member, multiple-time, you know, U23, um, other age-level world teams. And Kennedy Blades just sliced through the challenge tournament, ran into a, um, you know, ran in, ran into a buzzsaw in Tamara Mensa stock. But Kennedy Blades not going anywhere anytime soon. Tamara Mensa stock, tremendous story from her, tremendous performance from her in the finals on Saturday. Qualified the weight. Now she's the rep at 68 kilograms. Always a treat to interview as well. So let's go to that now. Tamara Mensa stock, our Olympian at 68 kilos. How you feel, Tamara? You good? You ready to talk some more? Uh, yes, I've calmed down. <laughs> 
<laughs> but have you really? Probably not. Oh, no. If I'm being honest, probably not. Dude, this is a place to be honest. I'm so glad someone got you your glasses. <laughs> yeah. I can't see when I'm out there. I can't see without them at all. So I, I greatly appreciated it. So I could actually see my family's faces. It looked like they were crying, but it might have been a figment of my imagination. I don't know. They were. We'll say that they were. <laughs> So you've got a, so many titles behind your name and now you've got Olympian. <laughs> what does that make you feel? It feels like I'm not done yet, but I'm so proud of the fact that in 2016, five years ago, I wasn't able to claim that title. And now I did. <laughs> and it makes, me, it makes me so happy. I've been wanting this and it gets tiring y'all it gets it gets frustrating knowing that you're capable of doing something and it's it's been pushed back again and again and again but it's finally here and god thank god that i'm actually able to call myself an olympian yes yes no one can take can. it away no one can take it away and it's never going to be gone it's never going to disappear from behind your name and you absolutely earned it I got to ask, once you did get your glasses and you could see your family, did it feel like your heart just started to flutter even more? Yes, I started to break down all over again, but then they were like pushing me away. I wanted to like jump into their arms. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was definitely a moment of a lifetime and I've got bigger moments to come and I'm ecstatic for them. <sighs> I just want to make sure you got a minute to collect yourself because I'm collecting myself right along with you <laughs> to keep chatting. Yes. <laughs> How are you going to celebrate with your family afterwards? Uh, we plan on going to a spa tomorrow. Um, it's like 30 minutes away, like 15 minutes from the airport. <laughs> We're just going to relax there. <laughs> I, just, I just need to relax. And I want sushi. My husband gets tired of me wanting sushi, but I want sushi. <laughs> I'm going to open it up for questions because we've got some cute for you. Kyle Klingman, Track Wrestling, go ahead. Tamara, how cool is it to win in the state of Texas where you're from? Oh, my gosh, Kyle, it's awesome. Like, for the Olympic trials to be in Texas, it couldn't have been more sweeter. So many of my friends and family were able to come by, like, the drop of the dime. And it... I, I had to do it for them. I just couldn't do it for me. And the fact that I was able to achieve this phenomenal goal here in my home state that I miss so dearly, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. Kyle, follow up. Yeah. Kennedy Blades is 17 years old. Can you put it into perspective how good she is? Yeah, she's good. She she has so much spirit and she doesn't stop moving. Like when she's down, she doesn't stay down. And I'm not used to that, but it's gonna keep me so humble. I can't wait to be practicing with her leading up to the Olympics. I hope she'll practice with me. She will definitely like keep me on my toes. That girl is a phenom beast. I knew that three years ago when she was younger, but just seeing her now, I couldn't have wrestled somebody better. She I'm so proud of her. This is how far she's come. Thank God she didn't beat me or I'd be crying for a different reason. <laughs> but yeah, she, she is an awesome person and an awesome wrestler. I, I loved her and her sister, the Blade sisters. They're, they're positively adorable and yeah, awesome wrestlers. <laughs> I think it's Kenya. I think that's her little sister's name. 
we were diving into the emotions so early on into this conversation. I want to give you a chance to, if there's anything you want to say, or if there's anybody that you want to thank that helped you get to where you're at right now. There's so many people that I can thank. First of all, I just want to thank God, my father in heaven for just giving me this capability and the courage to go out there and actually perform um, and, and, and achieve the goal that I've been wanting. Because I'm telling you guys, I, I had the chills, butterflies. I was um, I was, I was terrified because I know how bad I wanted it. So I just want to thank my God, father in heaven for just giving me that courage to go out there and get what I wanted and, and take it. And second of all, I want to thank everybody at the training center, Terry Steiner, just, uh, Jessica Medina, Clarissa Chun, Izzy, the guy, you know, I, I call him Izzy, but it was like, is Yeah. I don't know how to say his name, but I want to thank them. I want to thank Diamond Precious. Like she's been an amazing practice partner. Adeline Gray has been a phenomenal person just to be in my ear and encouraging me and also training me up. She, there's, there's so many people, the people from my high school, from my college, Morton Ranch and Wayland Baptist. They've just been pouring so many positive vibes in me and telling me that I can do this. I can become an Olympian, an Olympic champ. Like the list goes on. My husband who is day in, day out, seeing all the frustrations that I go through and he's just trying to keep me humble and keep me positive. He has been such a rock and a phenom support system. My mom just constantly just there telling me, baby girl, you can do it. I'm gonna hear when I get on the phone with her, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Not the phone, she's in the crowd now. She's actually in the crowd. <laughs> I'm not used to them being in the crowd. My aunt just, oh my gosh, that lady, she has poured so much love into me like throughout my entire years. And I greatly appreciate her and her children that she brought. I'm wearing my little puff balls, little London, who was in a movie, Thomas Boyce, who's gonna be in a movie, my cousin Asia, who's going to a phenom college, like my twin sister. Oh, she's on there. The list goes on. Tarkia, the list goes on. Tarkia Mensa got me into wrestling and kept me in it. Cause I wanted to quit. And she's the reason why I'm here today. And I, I thank her so much for for making me not quit because I wanted to quit. This sport is so hard. I was in track and field and some days I wish that I was still in track and field because wrestling is a hard sport. And Tatiana, I love you. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. You little runt nugget for coming out here and just looking at your sister go out there and like beat people up to the best of her ability. You guys are awesome. And to the fans, uh, thank you guys. Thank you for having so much support for me. I greatly appreciate it. I'm gonna go out, back out there if I can to sign some stuff, if I can, if they'll let me. Maybe throw a knee pad in the crowd. If they'll let you, I can't give you clearance on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I know we all know the answer to this one. Your goals and expectations for Tokyo. Gold, gold. To the best of my ability, God willing, I want gold. I feel like I am capable of getting it. I just have to believe the my biggest enemy is me and even I can't stop me. That's what I kept saying again and again and again and again. And, ah, it worked. So I'm gonna do that again in Tokyo. Cause I'm going to Tokyo. You're going to Tokyo. As you a competitor. As a competitor. Yes. 
You are going to step out on that mat and you're going to wrestle in the Olympics and no one will take that away from you. Oh my gosh. Tamira, congratulations. Your energy is infectious and it's hard not to be a fan of yours. It was so much fun to watch you wrestle. Go enjoy it with your family. Thank you so much, you guys. Infectious is a great word to describe Tamara Mensa's stock. Um, Literally every interview she ever gives. Just awesome energy, awesome person awesome human being and amazing wrestler, clearly an Olympian. Final weight here, 76 kilograms, Adeline Gray doing the dang thing again, going back to the Olympics. Clean sweep of Kylie Welker in the best of three finals, 11-0 and 10-0. Um, she's, she's maybe one of the best top wrestlers um, in the world, right? Maybe the world, pound for pound, uh, whether it's men's freestyle, women's freestyle, or Greco-Roman. Um, just absolutely a beast on top. That is a game changer for her. She locks up that lace. She, she flashed that she can score from gut wrenches as well um adeline gray just one of the best in the world uh going on you know the last five six seven years and and you know i last olympics obviously didn't go how she wanted it to and she touched on that a little bit um we'll hear for her in just a minute um, but now she's going back, headed to Tokyo, um, and she is one of the many on this women's freestyle team that has talked about dethroning Japan, and she knows that her job um, at that weight um, to win gold, that is that is absolutely crucial to Team USA's chances. So she, Adeline Gray, uh, women's freestyle rep at um, 76 kilograms, kind of a weird heavyweight for women's freestyle, but hey, here we are. Um, but she beats Kylie Welker in the finals, and Kylie Welker, another um, 17 year old high schooler here doing the dang thing at the U.S. Olympic team trials. Really cool stuff here from Kylie Welker. She actually like Kennedy Blades, she also qualified through the last chance qualifier the week beforehand. Um, and she actually rustled at 68 kilos, um, which, you know, you do the math here, 68 kilo, about 150 pounds or so, 76 kilo, um, about 167 pounds or so. Um, and I say that because she she qualified, Kylie Welker did, through the last chance at 68 kilograms. She lost to Kennedy Blades in the finals. Then she bumps up to 76 for the Olympic trials. So she's going from about 150 to 167. That's almost you know a 17-pound difference. Kylie Welker significantly undersized. And guys, it did not matter. She opened up. 12-2 win over Randy Belts, um, who is just kind of a long-standing veteran when it comes to women's freestyle. Domestically, just absolute. Um, Welker just 12-2. That's all there is to it. Then she wins the next one, 11-4. Um, defeats Diamond Golford, um, who was the one seed in the challenge tournament. Kylie wins that one, 8-0. And then 6-3 over Victoria Francis, who was in the U.S. Open finals. I believe she wrestled Adeline Gray in Final X a few years ago. Um, so Kylie Welker gets to the best of three championship finals. Again, just like Kennedy Blades. Um, had the Olympic trials gone on schedule, meaning 2020, Kylie Welker would not have been old enough to compete in them. Um, but here she is. She turns 18 the year of the Olympic Games. That's the rule when it comes to wrestling. And Kylie Welker comes within, I mean, I, hey, Adeline Gray dominated those best of three finals matches, but 17-year-old Kylie Welker at a weight that included, I mean, we mentioned Randy Belts, we mentioned Diamond Golford, Jordan Nelson, Precious Bell, Victoria Francis, um, Jackie Catiline, um, just another longstanding veteran in women's freestyle. Kylie Welker comes out of this challenge tournament bracket to wrestle Adeline Gray in the best of three finals. Gray takes control of it, but hey, heck of a tournament from Kylie Welker, Kennedy Blades, Macy Kilty. Um, um, just a tremendous youth movement here in women's freestyle. Um, you know, you can maybe throw Ronna Heat into that mix, but she's, I mean, she's been around with a bunch of age level stuff. Emily Shilson was there, Sage Mortimer, um, 
lots of talented wrestlers in this women's freestyle tournament. Kylie Welker, one of the more impressive ones. Um, you know, I you heard Tamara Mensa Stock talk glowingly about Kennedy Blades. Um, Adeline Gray has a lot of the same message for Kylie Welker. Guys, she's not going anywhere. Neither is Kennedy Blades. Neither is Macy Kilty. These women are here to stay. They are the future of the U.S. women's freestyle Olympic and world teams, and it's going to be tremendous to follow their coverage. Um, or not their coverage, but their you know just their, their careers as they unfold moving forward. Because you know, like Kennedy Blades, she, I, Kylie Welker is going to be eligible for a lot of this age level stuff here this upcoming spring and summer. Um, so absolutely, there's going to be a lot more eyes on her after her performance down in Fort Worth. But yeah, that is. Uh, that's the last weight, 70, 76 kilograms. Adeline Gray takes the spot pretty dominant fashion in the best of three finals on Saturday. Talked to her afterwards about going back to the Olympics, um, how she felt um, down in Texas competing and kind of where where her mind's at as she gets ready to prepare for Tokyo. So let's go to Adeline Gray, now our Olympian at 76 kilograms. Adeline Gray, Olympian, two-time Olympian. Yeah. How about that? How are you feeling? Wonderful. I mean, anytime you can score 20 points in less than three minutes, it's a good day. So yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to cheer and be excited and proud, proud of my body, proud of the work. I mean, sometimes you put in all this work and effort and energy and you don't get the results you want. And so any day that you get to go out here and well, become an Olympian, but <laughs> any day you get to get, come out here and like get what you wanted out of the work and effort that you put into it, it's a pretty special thing. If you could use one word to describe how you're feeling right now, what would you go with? I think satisfied. Satisfied yeah. is a pretty good word. Yeah, this year um, has been so tough. I mean, from just the race stuff that happened at the beginning of the year, I, I married a black man and my father's a police officer. And there was a lot of conversations that were very deep and very uncomfortable. And uh, just the stress and emotion that that put on so many families and, and rightfully so got pushed out into public uh, was something that we're still working through with as a family. And uh, I know that COVID obviously flipped the world upside down and postponed my entire life plan. I mean, my husband and I were trying to have a, a baby at the end of this year. And so I'm kind of checking for a six pack right now when I was hoping to check for a baby bump and was so jealous <laughs> that Jordan and, and his wife, Lauren, are having a baby. I was like, man, I wish my husband could have a baby so that I could be announcing that same news, but just a different world when it comes to men's and women's sports and just, uh, Hopefully one day we can push for that equality that we can get maternity leave and be able to have some uh, stability for, for older athletes. I'm 30 years old and still competing and want to pursue this dream. And luckily I have a family and a support system that's willing to help me and, and strive for that, but it definitely has its sacrifices. Was that family and support system able to be here with you in Fort Worth? A few of them. I mean, we had uh, about 10 people on there like, that were coming out to Penn State, but uh, the wrestling community, I have so many friends and family mm -hmm. that kind of just feels like there's so much love in the room. So um, I have a, a couple good friends here and then my parents and then my husband and then my sister has been living with me and training me for the last year. Um, she, she was supposed to move in with me just for a few months before the Olympics uh, back in February of 2020 and then COVID hit and she ended up having to stay at our house and so luckily our roommate let her have a room and she's now been right by my side and we've just been having so much fun so I'm really thankful that she's put her life on hold and is willing to help me chase my dreams. Before we open it up for Cog Klingman of Track Wrestling with his questions, I want to give you an opportunity if there's anything that you would like to say or any thank yous that you'd like to put out there, any shout outs, anything like that. The floor is, the floor is yours right now. 
Yeah, I'm, I would love to thank uh, my support systems. The New York Athletic Club has been with me um, since I was a teenager, since I was Kylie Welker's age. <laughs> um, and then recently I picked up uh, a new training location, which is the Beaver Dam RTC. And I'm very grateful for the just the, the resources that are there. I mean, being able to use a D1 facility, being able to have access to D1 coaches, having the ability to be funded and really appreciated and have that energy on me. Um, I usually train at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs and they've shut it down on and off through COVID. And so it's been a, a tough situation to find proper training and, and that resource has been incredible. And these regional training centers are helping women. And it's, uh, I was previously with the Stanford RTC and with the Stanford program getting cut, it doesn't just affect men's programs. Those ripple effects also affect women. And it's just so heartbreaking that we have those programs disappearing and it's affecting people in our lives. And so I, I really hope that we can see those uh, resources continue to grow for men and women throughout our country. You said you started out at Stanford and then going up to, to Oregon State. Was it, was it Nate Engel that attracted you to go all, and you're following along with him or what's, what's the move about? Yeah. Um, so when I was at Stanford, uh, I, I had originally uh, approached Nate Engel. So Terry Steiner is the head national mm -hmm. team coach. And at these domestic events, he has to be unbiased. And yep. personally, I want to be his favorite all the time. And so um, it's tough because I have to essentially not have a coach during these moments. And so Nate's really stepped up and, and, and just been able to get what I get me what I need. I mean, he's gone above and beyond in so many situations and, and really made me feel appreciated and cared for. And I just really am thankful that I have him in my support system and in my life right now. So um, yeah, he was at Stanford and then he yeah. transferred up to Oregon State and uh, they have been really active about growing their women's program and they have signed Alyssa Lampy and Mallory Velti and just some really hardworking people that have a good grasp on what this world is in, in the wrestling community. And I, I appreciate the fact that they have the, the balance truly. I mean, I, I feel like we really work hard when it's time to wrestle and when it's time to lift, but we're also doing some really interesting and, and creative things when it comes to our mental training and just our preparation of how to make ourselves feel good about ourselves as people. And so uh, it makes it a little bit easier to go out there and win and trust in yourself uh, with that kind of support system. Kyle Cleveland, go ahead. Adeline, you continue to earn the right to have a bye to the best of three series. How do you stay poised through all that and just stay calm to know that your competition's coming a little bit later? Um, it's a strange thing to wait all day long, especially because we had a two day weigh in uh, yesterday to make weight. I had to cut a little bit of weight. I've been trying to get bigger. And so it's nice to be bigger, but with being bigger means you have to cut the weight back down. So, um, I tried out a new way to cut the weight and I felt really great. Um, I, I guess it really doesn't test you that much when you only wrestle less than six minutes, but still I going out there, I really felt like my body was ready. Felt like there was a lot of Epsom salt just coming out of my skull. So uh, I'm gonna continue doing some Epsom salt baths and getting my weight at a place where I can uh, manage it and, and do it the right way and uh, be able to stay hydrated and fit through this uh, activity and also stay big enough and strong enough to be feel dominant in the weight class. Kyle, any follow-up? Yeah, you showed your uh, a wrestling savant when you did the uh, Captain's Cup and you did some commentating. Any commentating in your future? Maybe. I had so much fun. I mean, but I have to say, like, the women who went out there and wrestled, they wrestled. So it made it feel very easy to just talk about the positions that they were in. And, and wrestling, I feel like, defensively is very underappreciated. And so I just felt very natural for me to point out the fact that how much effort just someone's pinky toe is doing that really, I think, helped 
non-wrestlers truly understand the positions and some people who maybe have wrestled their whole lives but are getting used to the flexibility that and the differences in women's to men's wrestling and so it's uh it's a good thing to kind of kind of have a different mix I mean I think diversity is great when it comes to the commentating world and um, I'm look forward to doing it again and my sister Geneva Gray actually loves to commentate too so hopefully we can get gigs together <laughs> that would be fantastic you love having yeah. more women on the commentary <laughs> side of things uh, I want to bring up something that Kylie mentioned last night in her presser when I asked her about wrestling you she had mentioned that she uh, would look up to you she you were her her idol and then you became her competition and just that age disparity between the two of you talk yeah, about 13 having, years yeah, right? <laughs> it's crazy uh, talk about what it's like to to a hear that from your competitor, but then also what that means for women's wrestling moving forward. Um, I vividly remember a match at nationals years ago where I teched this young woman who was in college and she popped up and she was so excited and she ran over to me and she was like, you're my favorite. And I can't wait to like really compete against you one day. And it like opened my eyes and I was like, wow, these women are a really coming after me. So I got to stay on top and B they're getting role models. Like that is something that women ha always haven't had. And so I'm excited that the media and I'm excited USA Wrestling and I'm excited that these young girls are seeing that they can do things past just high school, past just college, past going and making just a world team, but making this a career and making a life for themselves. And so I really hope that they see that women's sports is a real career. It's a real thing. And I, I think that being that role model and that uh, reaching new heights within that moment is really important for that whole dynamic that's happening right now. And you see it in so many sports and just our culture pushing for equality and uh, an equal pay and equal representation. And I think it's a, uh, it starts with people appreciating my success and, and honoring that and, and those young women coming up and competing against me to continue to keep me on top and hopefully one day take me down. And so it's a, it's a, it's a worthy transition for sure. Um, I remember wrestling Iris Smith and being so nervous to wrestle her and just in awe and, and Christy Davis as well. I mean, those were both two, two people that I looked up to. I mean, nine-time world medalist, first African-American to win a, a world title. I mean, just incredible women who really trailblazed this career that I'm living right now. And uh, I beat them at Olympic trials and at world champion or world championship trials. And so it's a, uh, it is a transition that happens. And I just hope I have a few more years in me before Kylie takes me over. <laughs> Last question for you, goals and expectations for the Olympics. You know, it's going to be a different year. Everything that we've been hearing and saying is that this is, this is a real Olympics. It's going to happen. It's, we're going to be there, um, but we're not going to have our family and friends there. We're not going to have a normal opening ceremonies and those decisions and choices that are kind of taken away um, are going to create a different environment. And so we might just have some great wrestling that goes on because you're not going to have the distraction of the media. You're not going to have the Team USA house. I mean, a lot of things that I feel very blessed that I got to experience down in Rio because they were so much fun. I mean, I had one of the best days of my life uh, when I wrestled at the Olympics and got to go out with my family and have fun on the beach and play some soccer. I mean, it really was a memory that I'll keep forever. And uh, I just think we're gonna have to lean on each other as a team and some of that team building that's gonna happen right here tonight when we see these women make the team and we figure out who our, who our team is and what our strategy is to go take down Japan and Tokyo. 
You guys heard it. That's that's the goal to go take down Japan in Tokyo. Japan has been the kind of the women's freestyle power internationally. Um, just Olympic year, non-Olympic year. Uh, but this team, this team USA women's freestyle team, um, they've got goals to take them down, and it's going to be really, really exciting to watch them um, try to run down those goals in Tokyo later this summer. Um, tremendous women's freestyle tournament at the Olympic Trials. Tremendous, tremendous team that um, Team USA is going to be sending to Tokyo lots of metal potential. I know we talked about that, um, but just great personalities, great stories um, all through the tournament and um, in the six uh, women that are headed to the Olympic Games. All six of these weights are qualified. That is a huge first step that they took care of last year, and now we've got um, the team here with Sarah, Jakara, Helen Marulas, Kayla Miracle, Tamara, and now Adeline Gray to round it out. Um, lots of firepower on that team. Always a pleasure to watch them compete and chat with them. And we're going to be doing plenty of that in the weeks ahead um, as they get ready for for Tokyo. And, and they continue to give back. I know that's another thing that maybe they didn't touch on too much, um, uh, you know, post-Olympic trials. But, uh, you know, all of these women do a phenomenal job of just giving back to the sport. And I think they kind of understand their place and, um, you know, kind of what, what they're capable of doing and the impact that they could potentially leave. And, um, you know, not just with their wrestling, but, you know, just with, um, you know, just kind of being uh, con- continued trailblazers for women's wrestling and girls wrestling all throughout the, the United States and, and the world as well. Um, so excellent tournament, excellent team that we've got. That's all we've got today, guys. Um, I appreciate you hanging with me through the technical difficulties, and I appreciate you a lot for listening today. Be sure to rate and review the show, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your shows. Follow your boy on Twitter at Cody Goodwin, Instagram at Cody J. Goodwin. Be sure to also subscribe to the Des Moines Register. Catch all my uh, stories, mailbags, analysis, videos. You can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. That's it for today's show, you guys. Thanks a bunch for listening. We will talk talk again soon.